Chapter Fourteen of Marriage, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Patty Cunningham. Marriage, Volume One, by Susan Edmonstone Ferrier. Chapter Fourteen. And joyous was the scene in early summer. Maydock. On Henry's return from his solitary ramble, Mrs. Douglas learnt from him the cause of the misunderstanding that had taken place, and judging that, in the present state of affairs, a temporary separation might be of use to both parties, as they were now about to return home, she proposed to her husband to invite his brother and Lady Juliana to follow and spend a few weeks with them at Lockburley Cottage. The invitation was eagerly accepted, for though Lady Juliana did not anticipate any positive pleasure from the change, still she thought that every place must be more agreeable than her present abode, especially as she stipulated for the utter exclusion of the aunts from the party. To atone for this mortification, Miss Becky was invited to fill the vacant seat in the carriage, and accordingly, with a cargo of strong shoes, greatcoats, and a large work-bag well stuffed with white seam, she took her place at the appointed hour. The day they had chosen for their expedition was one that sent a summer feeling to the heart. The air was soft and genial, not a cloud stained the bright azure of the heavens, and the sun shone out in all his splendor, shedding life and beauty even over all the desolate heath-clad hills of Glenfern. But after they had journeyed a few miles, Suddenly emerging from the valley, a scene of matchless beauty burst at once upon the eye. Before them lay the dark blue waters of Loch Morlie, reflecting, as in a mirror, every surrounding object, and bearing on its placid transparent bosom a fleet of herring-boats, the drapery of whose black suspended nets contrasted with picturesque effect the white sails of the larger vessels, which were vainly spread to catch a breeze. All around, rocks, meadows, woods, and hills mingled in wild and lovely irregularity. On a projecting point of land stood a little fishing village, its white cottages reflected in the glassy waters that almost surrounded it. On the opposite side of the lake, or rather estuary, embosomed in wood rose the lofty turrets of Lochmarley Castle, while here and there, perched on some mountain's brow, were to be seen the shepherd's lonely hut, and the heath-covered summer shealing. Not a breath was stirring, not a sound was heard save the rushing of a waterfall, the tinkling of some silver rivulet, or the calm rippling of the tranquil lake. Now and then, at intervals, the fisherman's Gaelic ditty chanted as he lay stretched on the sand in some sunny nook, or the shrill distant sound of childish glee. How delicious to the feeling heart to behold so fair a scene of unsophisticated nature, and to listen to her voice alone, breathing the accents of innocence and joy. But none of the party who now gazed on it had minds capable of being touched with the emotions it was calculated to inspire. Henry, indeed, was rapturous in his expressions of admiration, but he concluded his panegyrics by wondering his brother did not keep a cutter, and resolving to pass a night on board one of the herring-boats that he might eat the fish in perfection. Lady Juliana thought it might be very pretty, if instead of those frightful rocks and shabby cottages, there could be villas and gardens and lawns and conservatories and summer-houses and statues. Miss Becky observed 
if it was hers she would cut down the woods and level the hills and have races the road wound along the sides of the lake sometimes overhung with banks of natural wood which though scarcely budding grew so thick as to exclude the prospect in other places surmounted by large masses of rock festooned with ivy and embroidered by mosses of a thousand hues that glittered under the little mountain streamlets two miles farther on stood the simple mansion of mr douglas it was situated in a wild sequestered nook formed by a little bay at the farther end of the lake on three sides it was surrounded by wooded hills that offered a complete shelter from every nipping blast to the south the lawn sprinkled with trees and shrubs sloped gradually down to the water at the door they were met by mrs douglas who welcomed them with the most affectionate cordiality and conducted them into the house through a little circular hall filled with flowering shrubs and foreign plants how delightful exclaimed lady juliana as she stopped to inhale the rich fragrance moss roses i do delight in them twisting off a rich cluster of flowers and buds in token of her affection and i quite dote upon heliotrope gathering a handful of flowers as she spoke then extending her hand towards a most luxuriant cape jessamine i really must petition you to spare this my favorite child said her sister-in-law as she gently withheld her arm and to tell you the truth dear lady juliana you have already infringed the rules of my little conservatory which admit only of the gratification of two senses seeing and smelling what you don't like your flowers to be gathered exclaimed lady juliana in a tone of surprise and disappointment i don't know any other use thereof what quantities i used to have from papa's hothouses mrs douglas made no reply but conducted her to the drawing-room where her chagrin was dispelled by the appearance of comfort and even elegance that it bore now this is really what i like cried she throwing herself on one of the couches a large fire open windows quantities of roses comfortable ottomans and pictures only what a pity you haven't a larger mirror mrs douglas now rang for refreshments and apologized for the absence of her husband who she said was so much interested in his ploughing that he seldom made his appearance till sent for henry then proposed that they should all go out and surprise his brother and though walking in the country formed no part of lady juliana's amusements yet as mrs douglas assured her the walks were perfectly dry and her husband was so pressing she consented the way lay through a shrubbery by the side of a brawling brook whose banks retained all the wildness of unadorned nature moss and ivy and fern clothed the ground and under the banks the young primroses and violets began to raise their heads while the red wintry berry still hung thick on the hollies this is really very pleasant said henry stopping to contemplate a view of the lake through the branches of a weeping birch the sound of the stream and the singing of the birds and all those wild flowers make it appear as if it was summer in this spot and only look julia how pretty that wary looks lying at anchor then whispering to her what would you think of such a desert as this with the man of your heart lady juliana made no reply but by complaining of the heat of the sun the hardness of the gravel and the damp from the water henry 
who now began to look upon the condition of a highland farmer with more complacency than formerly was confirmed in his favorable sentiments at sight of his brother following the primitive occupation of the plough his fine face glowing with health and lighted up with good humor and happiness he hastily advanced towards the party and shaking his brother and sister-in-law most warmly by the hand expressed with all the warmth of a good heart the pleasure he had in receiving them at his house then observing lady juliana's languid air and imputing to fatigue of body what in fact was the consequence of mental vacuity he proposed returning home by a shorter road than that by which they had come henry was again in raptures at the new beauties this walk presented and at the high order and neatness in which the grounds were kept this must be a very expensive place of yours though said he addressing his sister-in-law there is so much garden and shrubbery and such a number of rustic bridges bowers and so forth it must require half a dozen men to keep it in any order such an establishment would very ill accord with our moderate means replied she we do not pretend to one regular gardener and had our little embellishments been productive of much expense or tending solely to my gratification i should never have suggested them when we first took possession of this spot it was a perfect wilderness with a dirty farmhouse on it nothing but mud about the doors nothing but wood and briars and brambles beyond it and the village presented a still more melancholy scene of rank luxuriance in its swarms of dirty idle girls and mischievous boys i have generally found that wherever an evil exists the remedy is not far off and in this case it was strikingly obvious it was only engaging these ill-directed children by trifling rewards to apply their lively energies in improving instead of destroying the works of nature as had formerly been their zealous practice in a short time the change on the moral as well as the vegetable part of creation became very perceptible the children grew industrious and peaceable and instead of destroying trees robbing nests and worrying cats the bigger boys under douglas's direction constructed these wooden bridges and seats or cut out and graveled the little winding paths that we had previously marked out the task of keeping everything in order is now easy as you may believe when i tell you the whole of our pleasure grounds as you are pleased to term them receive no other attention than what is bestowed by children under twelve years of age and now having i hope acquitted myself of this charge of extravagance i ought to beg lady juliana's pardon for this long and i fear tiresome detail having now reached the house mrs douglas conducted her guest to the apartment prepared for her while the brothers pursued their walk as long as novelty retained its power and the comparison between glenfern and lochmarlie was fresh in remembrance lady juliana charmed with everything was in high good humor but as the horrors of the one were forgotten and the comforts of the other became familiar the demon of ennui again took possession of her vacant mind and she relapsed into all her capricious humors and childish impertinences the harpsichord which on her first arrival she had pronounced to be excellent was now declared quite shocking so much out of tune that there was no possibility of playing upon it the small collection of well-chosen novels she soon exhausted and then they became the stupidest books she had ever read 
The smell of the heliotrope now gave her the headache. The sight of the lake made her seasick. Mrs. Douglas heard all these civilities in silence, and much more in sorrow than in anger. In the wayward inclinations, variable temper, and wretched insanity of this poor victim of indulgence, she beheld the sad fruits of a fashionable education, and thought with humility that under similar circumstances such might have been her own character. "'Oh, what an awful responsibility do those parents incur!' she would mentally exclaim, "'who thus neglect or corrupt the noble deposit of an immortal soul.' and who alas can tell where the mischief may end this unfortunate will herself become a mother yet wholly ignorant of the duties incapable of the self-denial of that sacred office she will bring into the world creatures to whom she can only transmit her errors and her weaknesses these reflections at times deeply affected the generous heart and truly christian spirit of mrs douglas and she sought by every means in her power to restrain those faults which she knew it would be in vain to attempt eradicating. To diversify the routine of days which grew more and more tedious to Lady Juliana, the weather being remarkably fine, many little excursions were made to the nearest country seats, which, though they did not afford her any actual pleasure, answered the purpose of consuming a considerable portion of her time several weeks passed away during which little inclination was shown on the part of the guests to quit their present residence when mr and mrs douglas were summoned to attend the sick-bed of sir duncan malcolm and though they pressed their guests to remain during their absence yet henry felt it would be highly offensive to his father were they to do so and therefore resolved immediately to return to glenfern End of chapter fourteen Recording by Patty Cunningham